Well, Happy New Year to you, and Merry Christmas. By the way, if you don't know, there are eight weeks of Christmas following Christmas. And so uh, our next series, which we'll be going through, is called Far Better. That will be starting next week. But, but the beauty of it is there are eight weeks of Christmas that follow. I think I may leave my Christmas tree up for another eight weeks. Anybody else? A Woo! few of you, yes. Good, 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 good. Well, Merry Christmas to you, and uh, we're so glad that you've joined us on this new year to covenant together to our God. Would you pray with me? Uh, before we begin, and we'll stand for the reading of Scripture. Lord, we thank you for this time to hear your word, to live into it, to allow it to guide and shape our lives. May we be open and receptive to the way in which you speak to us this morning. Amen. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word in Luke chapter 2, verse 15 through 21. If you don't have your Bibles with you, you can find it in your worship folder in front of you. Luke 2, 15 through 21. It says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that had been heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. This is the word of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So, as I usually do, I have more questions than I do answers. And so, I, I just want to start with this question this morning. I'll have to lead up to it, but I want to start with this question. Do you ever ask the question? I often ask myself this question. What if, what if the manger scene, what if the Messiah, what if the nativity broke into a, a moment in history that I inhabited? In other words, what if I had spent my whole life practicing Judaism, waiting for this freedom that had been promised me only for freedom to appearingly show up in the form of an infant? What if I had waited for this movement of God, the salvific movement, to move us from oppression and slavery and violence, now sh suddenly so shows up in, in the form of a human. What if, what if the nativity is what, at the center of what God was trying to do in history, and my question that I want to ask this morning that I often ask myself is, would I be in that moment in history? Would I find myself at the nativity? See, what's interesting, what to bother me about the text is, who is at the nativity? In a, in a good way. You see, if you were to come to my house, you would find a nativity scene set up with, that was really created by Janelle's grandfather. Beautiful piece. But as we set it up, you would find Mary and Joseph, and, and you would find baby Jesus in a manger, and you find liter I mean, literal straw in our manger. You would also find sheep and goats and all sorts of different animals. But, but we always focus on Jesus in the center of it, and we, we seem to miss who is standing there in the middle of the nativity, the shepherds. 
You see, the shepherds were some of the most grimy people. They were the lowlifes. They were the scum of the earth. They were people that nobody wanted around. In fact, people who followed the Messiah never expected the shepherds to be at the feet of the Messiah. Somebody not mentioned in Luke's account is these people we call the three kings. Now, I want to focus on them for a minute because if you were to look at our activity, you'd have three kings. What I find funny, though, is that we often call things in the church something other than what they really are because we don't actually want to admit the kind of people that way they, they were. You see, we call them three kings because we don't want to admit that in the middle of the stable are these people called the magi. If you know anything about the etymology of the word magi, well, you know that that actually means magician or sorcerer. In fact, these people, these three kings that we call them, I'm going to call them magicians. These three magicians somehow find themselves in the center of God's story. And you want to ask, how did they get here? Because they didn't follow the Hebrew scriptures. They didn't find themselves in Jerusalem following the faith. But rather, they, were, they followed this Zoroastrianate faith, which came from Persia and Iran. And we don't want to admit that, that their gifts were actually reading the stars and that they believed in different types of mythology and gods other than the God that the, the Jews had served. And what we really don't want to admit is that the gift that they had was to take something common and then turn it into something amazing like frankincense, gold, and myrrh. So these people who follow a completely different faith, who come from a completely different country, not part of God's covenant people, suddenly show up at God's party. Who invited them? Well, they invited themselves, I suppose. But it's interesting that they followed the star. That the very thing that they serve somehow helps them find the Messiah laying in the manger. And they ask, who is the king of the Jews? You see, what, what I envision on this very day and what Luke gives us this morning is the very first church service ever. What I envision is people gathered around, as we'll do today, the body of Christ. Celebrating what is about to happen. And they have no clue who this God is. But yet they're here. If you're following me this morning, you'll, you'll notice who's not in the nativity. Notice that King Herod's not there. And he was the one that sent the three kings to go find him. King Herod's not there. The, the chief high priests are not there. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, the religious people, the church people are not even at the nativity. How amazing is that? That the lowlifes and the people from other faiths are now standing at the center of history. And so I, I began to wonder, I began to ask this question. Perhaps Sunday is, is an aftershock of an earthquake movement that is happening throughout the week. Maybe Sunday is not the center of what God is doing. Perhaps it's just to be a celebration of what he's already done throughout the week. Amen. Come on now. Get with me this morning. Do you hear me? That, that perhaps this moment today that we're in is not the center of what God is doing, but we are celebrating what he has already done. There we go. And so that, that, that leads me to the next question. First, I have to ask this. I'm a pastor. You were churched folks. Would we, would we really be in the nativity? And I really don't think that we would be. But, but the question that I want to ask is, in modern day history, if God were to show up in this moment, who would be in the nativity scene this morning? 
ooh, do we really want to answer that question? Dare I start in, who would be at the nativity? How about Muslim people? I mean, people from different faiths were at the nativity scene. How about Muslims? How about gay and lesbian people? I think would be there. How about people who are so poor and, 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 and society said, you're not welcome here. People who are addicted. I mean, I think that people we never would expect to show up at the nativity scene are the ones that should be in this very service this morning. It's kind of motivating to me. Perhaps this is the question you might ask yourself in the new year. Are the ones living outside the church actually at the center of what God is doing? Think about that for a minute. That people, the shepherds, the wise men who were not worthy to stand at an earthly king's feet are now called worthy in front of an earthly creator called Jesus Christ. Are the ones living outside the church actually at the center of what God is doing in history? So I want to speak to two groups this morning quickly. And the first group is this. There are some of you here who have felt like you have never fit in the church. There are some of you here who have never felt like religion has been your thing. You felt like you've never really felt comfortable with the Christian faith. There are some of you here who just don't understand what Christianity is all about, what the hype is all about. It seems like a, a, a major mystery to you. Welcome to the party. Some of you feel like the messes that you've made of your lives are not welcome in this place. Some of you feel like because you're so addicted or you have habits in your life and hang-ups in your life that you can't get rid of, you just feel like you, you, church was not your thing because that's where all the country club holy people go. And so in 2017, I want, I want to make an invitation to you. See, if you feel like you are living on the outside of the church and faith, let me tell you, you are at the center of what God is doing. If you feel like you're on the outside, you are in the middle of what God is wanting to do in your life. This is why we believe that Emmanuel, this, this God with us, shows up in the middle of, of our mess and he begins to change our lives. And so let me invite you this morning in 2017 into a new kind of existence. You see, it's not just about what God is going to do in your life, but the goal is to, to become an image of what he has done in your life. You see, at this church, we believe that, that we can't just be Christian, but, but rather we become restored images of God's hope to the world. And so this is about a movement in 2017 where you are finding yourself in the center of what God is doing, and hopefully by the end, you will be an image of what he has done. Of what he has made new in this world. I want to invite those of you who have felt on the outside to the very middle. And I want you to let you know that you were in the middle. Would you make a covenant with God this year to change your life? For my folks who have been in the church for years, just includes myself I suppose. Maybe we need to evaluate Maybe we need to evaluate the church service. You see, if the nativity is the first church service and there are people from different faiths and people that make us uncomfortable, then why are we, why are we not looking more like that? 
you see, I think the church has gotten to a place where we simply want to survive history. But we have been called to serve humanity this morning. We've been called to move beyond these walls into a community that desperately needs the love of God. And it cannot happen only in this place. Because the center of what God is wanting to do is out there. And we are called, if we are church people, to be part of what he is doing in that moment. We are called to a mission that will move us beyond this safe existence here, protecting us from the world, to be a refuge from the world, which calls us to be a force in the world, where we become God's change agents of what he is doing. Where are you? Where am I? Are we in the nativity scene at all this morning? I don't know that this is the place. Like I said, Sunday is simply a celebration of what God is doing throughout the week. So joy at first, for those of you who have been part of this church your entire life, I want to challenge you this year. I've been here for about a year and a half, and I know it's been a crazy ride. It's like a roller coaster. Welcome. That's just how it's going to be. But I want to challenge you. Some of you have not committed You've not made a covenant to be part of God's mission yet. You've not said yes to what God is already doing just yet. And and I'm inviting you in 2017 as we we continue this service and we'll confess to God our sins, what we've done and what we haven't done. May this be a confession and a covenant with God that you are committing to be a people who will be moved into the broken parts of our world. That the center of what God is doing is not on Sunday, but it is out in our community. If you want to be at the center of his will, it's going to be dangerous. The church is not an institution. It is a revolution. It is a movement that is meant to be beyond our comfort zone. Some of you will say to me, Pastor, I'm not comfortable doing that. Do you think I'm comfortable doing half of what I ask you to do? No, I'm just as scared as you are. Do I really like knocking on doors during our community projects? No, it's scary, especially when you have pit bulls running at your kids. It's scary. But if we find ourselves at the center of what God wants to do in our lives and other people's lives, we must move beyond the safety of these walls and live on the dangerous edge. The dangerous edge of hope and salvation. That is our mission statement. If you haven't figured it out, after I've repeated it every Sunday, we want to find ourselves on the edge. We want to be the edge, just like farmers, leaving their fields for the broken. We want to be the edges. So can, can you covenant with me this year to, to, to get on board and be a part of what God is going to do in and through this church and in and through the community around us? It may be an inconvenience. It may cause you to give up some of your time. But I can't do it on my own. You can't do it on your own. We must do it as a body together. Would you stand with me and continue worshiping this morning?